It's Aotearoa. Kia ora everyone, welcome to Utu for Workers Hour, an hour dedicated to telling real workers' stories and winning justice. I'm Izzy Kane, your host for today, and we have an absolutely jam-packed show, so we're going to jump straight in with a case interview, followed up with another, introduce a new segment about employment rights that you should definitely stay tuned in for, and then we might even have another interview and just maybe an excellent song to round things off. But without further ado, I'll hand you over to our other host, Matt McCartan. Kia ora everyone, thanks Izzy. Aman, thank you for coming in today and we're going to talk about a case that you're helping with down in a, a small town in New Zealand. I wanted to chat with you today about this case because a lot of new New Zealanders or migrant workers who come to New Zealand are in Auckland. So what this government does is encourages workers who are on visas to move out of Auckland, which is a good thing, mm. and move them into small towns, which again is a good thing. But the downside of that is is they are isolated and can be vulnerable to being exploited. Mm. Now, you are doing a case. So, so tell us is what this case is about. Yeah, so first of all, thanks for having me. So we'll call the worker Peter in this case. Peter was working at this supermarket in this small town in New Zealand, in the North Island, and he was required to return all the money above minimum wage back to the employer, even though his salary said that he was earning more than that. So so just explain to the listeners, so in terms of immigration, by employer to get a visa to employ yeah. someone, they have certain rates they've got to pay. Yeah. So there's a certain threshold, and once you're earning above this threshold, it becomes a lot easier to get a visa. Right. So in this case, it was $25.50. That's hour, right. Right. And the minimum wage at the time was... was 18.90 an hour. Right. So that he was required to return... Everything above 18.90. Right. Back to the employer. $6.60 or something like that. Yeah. So, so, so that's a quite a lot across 40 hours, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's about 250 bucks. Yeah. So he had to return that each week. So the books are showing that yep. he's been paid $25.50 an hour. The tax is paid on it. So yep. that when they come in and take the books, the butter wouldn't melt in their mouth. But... Uh, that Peter was then required through the back door to give the money back to the employer. That's right. Okay. So this is unfortunately is it's not the first time I've heard this sort of thing, and nor mm-hmm. you. So this is uh, that people listening to this. This is obviously illegal. Yeah. Um, it breaches um, the obviously the act and immigration and so on and so on. Yeah. But you, you you were saying that he also had to spend money in the store. That was part of the condition too. Yeah, so that was how he paid the employer. So he would spend the money at the employer's supermarket. Right. And we're not sure if he actually took talk talk any good gods or not but it was it was sort of laundered through the shop yeah right? so that's, that's right that's about right yeah so that's money laundering and we have very strong evidence as well there's audio recordings of the employer telling peter you won't get your next paycheck until you pay us this money so you've got recordings of this. yeah oh my god Ugh. right so it's pretty slam dunk in your yeah opinion, isn't it? we got yeah. recordings we got texts a lot of communication confirming See, just these people are so greedy and crooked they just can't help themselves you know mm-hmm. you even got to steal from the poorest people most vulnerable people god it just is so it's just so disheartening okay so we will um focus on that. just just triggered in my mind when you're talking about that in new zealand mm. we have what we call the wages protection act 
and it requires all employers to pay their employees in money. Right? And uh, it, normally now it's through into bank accounts. In my day, when I was young, young it had to be paid in cash. Right. Uh, every worker got paid in cash. And that came about because um, there used to be a time in this country, I'm sure it's in other countries as well, is employers would require the wor- workers to spend all their money in the boss's stores. Mm. So in mining towns in this country, there was no stores and there would only mm. be one store like you've got here in the small mm. town you're talking about. And the workers had to spend all their money in the company store. Yeah. And so we passed the law many year, years ago, and as I said, it's the Wages Protection Act. It is illegal for an employer to require a worker of how to spend their money. Yeah. And that's why that act was passed. So that's an illegal act on this employer. So for people who are listening to this and they know that people, if they've got to put money through an employer's accounts, that yeah. that is illegal. Yeah. All right. So. Absolutely. Now, did the worker have to pay a premium for, for the job? Because these things all got patents to them. Yeah. So the, the worker also had to pay $10,000 to begin the job. Oh, okay. All right. So small town. Yeah. Advertise the job. Was yeah, that how they he got had it? to pay for the advertisement costs as, oh, as well. well? Yeah. This just gets worse and worse. Okay. And we have texts and emails. Oh, all right. Yeah. I mean, you're really depressing me now. All right. So what they got? They paid 10000 bucks for the job. They then, when they got the job, they had to pay for the ads the employer put up for the yeah. job. That's a few which, hundred dollars, which is illegal. Just by by the way, for those who are listening, so the premium is illegal too. Yeah, and then on top of that, they had to pay everything back above the minimum wage. Yeah, which, and then had to spend their money, which in the we understand store. to be around four thousand dollars. Four thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right. So that's that. Now, anything else? Yeah, so he was fired from Ugh. his job as well. For He's a slave. How do you fire a slave? All right, sorry. Good question. <laughs> so he was fired for serious misconduct, but... <laughs> it's been serious misconduct, all right, but not by him. And looking at the letter, there's no, there's no substance to any of what's the allegations. Of course not. So tell me how that happened. So he... See, it doesn't make sense really to me... He's paid ten grand for the job. Yeah, he's giving basically about two hundred and fifty a week back to the boss. Yeah, the boss is on a pretty good wicket here. Yeah, right? so 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 why would he want to get rid of him? So the worker started to get a bit resistant to returning oh, that money, and right. you can hear it in the audio conversations, right. kind of arguments right. over I have bills to pay, and then the boss saying, "Well, you won't get to pay anything until you pay me," and so. So, so just take me. So, not only had to pay them the money, he had to pay them before he got paid. So, I understand that's for the upcoming week's payment. So, until Peter has paid last week's. That's right. Yeah. 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 Oh, I see. I, 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 I see what you're saying. Okay. So, what Peter had to do each week is pay the money. So he got paid first. Yeah. Then he had to pay the 250 to the boss. That's and right. until he did that, he didn't get his next week's pay. That's right. Got it. Yeah. Got it. All right. This goes from outrage to our outrage. Um, all right. So he gets the sex. So, so, so how did that happen? So he was working on the day, moving stock or something like that. And I understand it was a relative of the employer came to his house and just dropped off this letter. No, okay. no process, really. Right. 
So this is a letter. See, why I, I, I'm interested in this, right, because this sort of goes to, I think, the the nature of these people, these exploiters. Mm. So what they did is they, this, this is my supposition, right, mm. is they uh, know this, this, this Peter is resisting, mm. right? So he's now a problem. He's a risk. Mm. So they can copter these ideas up about how to get rid of him, right? Mm. So they don't do it at work, right? He's at home. Mm. So they don't go around and pull him in for a meeting. They no. send a relative to drop a letter off to him at home. That's right. Right. And in the letter, it's got all these crimes that yeah. he supposes, and we don't want to identify Pete Peter, so we, yeah. we can't go into details because that might reveal, and mm. you know, he's very stressed, obviously. Yeah. But the claims are nonsense, aren't they? They're nonsense. They, they're really just silly things. Throwing things at a wall, essentially. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. Well, sorry, they're throwing things against the wall and see what sticks, right? Yeah. They, they say yeah. that's what's going on, right? Yeah. Okay, so there's, there's no truth to any of the stuff they put no. in the letter, right? So that's things they wouldn't even front it. They didn't get him in to talk to him because right? they no. won't because they're telling lies, right? They even liars. They find it hard to look someone in the eye as when yeah. as, as when they think. So they have dismissed him, and it was an instant dismissal. Also, does yeah. it? See, yeah. see, okay. So this, this is an open shut case, isn't mm. it? For that, so he wouldn't have got paid holiday pay, right? No, no, of course he is. And the ten thousand bucks. Yeah. Now that was paid in cash, right? So it's a bit hard for him to prove it. Yeah. Trouble, yeah, that, that's and it was right. verbal conversations about that. Yeah, but we know it happened. So we've got to factor that, that into it. It's important mm. that, that, that he gets uh, justice and he gets his money back. He paid yeah. out and compensation for the way he was treated and the way he was losing. So yeah. that's what you're setting up to do. Yeah, also lost wages in the time since he's been yeah. fired. Of course. Well, yeah, fired, yeah. Well, that's a loose term. <laughs> yeah. Right? So there's the 10000 that he, he was required to pay for the job. There's about 250 bucks a week that had to pay to the boss all the way through his employment. Yeah. There's his holiday pay and other monetary um, and, and other minimum yeah, so uh, we, requirements. We understand that he paid around 4000 back to the employer. Yeah, okay, so 4000 bucks, $10,000, and also the compensation for the dismissal, which is yeah. pretty clear. Right, it's a cover-up. Yeah, and lost wages in the time since. Yes. Because he's not been able to work since. Well, that's right, and that's part of the problem, isn't it? We want to be sympathetic about that, is that people in a small town... Uh, they're tied to the employer, yeah. which means is he's not allowed to work yeah. right, until he gets his visa changed. Yeah. And so we need to put that on high priority to help him yeah. to get that visa changed. And Anu and some of the people in the office here are going to help with that. So, um, and I know that you're reaching out to the various government agencies to ensure yeah. that he is able to get some financial support in yeah. the meantime as well, you're doing the case. So good for you, and thank you so much for doing this case and letting us know what it's about. Uh, people know about instances like this where people are paying premium for jobs, having to pay money back, mm. uh, not getting their minimum entitlements, or even sacked in the way that this person was. Mm. This is illegal in this country, yeah. you know, and it's very important that people can contact us uh, on 0800 368 000 or go to our website, utu.org.nz so Armin thank you for coming in today and I really appreciate the work you do and thank you thanks for your time Matt thanks Arman and Matt our next interview is with president of the Migrant Workers Association Anu Kolotti about a repeat exploiter whom we've sadly had far too many dealings with well, very pleased once again to have Anu Kaleti, who's the president of the Migrant Workers Association. So Anu, I'm, I'm very ha- happy you're in today because I'm very keen to have a talk to you about a topic that's been 
exasperating for me when I hear about this is a serial exploiter who just keeps coming up. I think she's been around for years. And I think that we now have come to a view as we need to put her out of business completely. So, Anu, take our listeners from the beginning. There's three cases we've had with her. Is that right? Over the years? Kia ora, Matt, and kia ora, listeners. It's good to be back on the show again. So, this um, employer, I call her a serial exploiter, and listeners will find out soon why I, I give her that label. So, we've had three of her former employees come to us in a fairly short space of time. The first one, she was basically made to work without a visa. In fact, she, um, this employee had her visa from another place and she was supposed to get a job with this employer. She was promised you know, the, the same old dream of permanent residence, but the employer forced this worker to come and work for her even her visa before her visa application was lodged. So, so that's illegal. Yes, absolutely, fully illegal. And then not not only that, the um, the worker was suggested that she should top up the the company accounts by paying two hundred, three hundred, or five hundred dollars each week from her own pocket, because at this stage the um, the application work visa application had been lodged, but uh, Immigration New Zealand had come back to say that this is a new business you have set up, and you don't look financially sound so can you give us more evidence why we should give your employee or or your employee to be a a work visa so that's when that um, game off you you can put some money in so that you can get a visa out of this right so that was even a business by the sounds things right that's just she formed a company then made an application got a worker the worker was paying her money and she wasn't even paying her a wage was that right she the worker worked there for about six to eight weeks and no. was not paid a single right. cent so it was for putting that. All money. So this is just so this isn't even an employment exploitation, this just seems like a scam. Absolutely, scam, yeah. yes. So this yes. wasn't a real yeah. job, but the workers so desperate that they were so desperate to get that visa. So she's a bit of a... I've met this woman. I've talked to her on the phone mm-hmm. once, I should say. And she just sounds like a con a con artist, you know, to be honest. She, um, she is. She, she And she's very good at it. And um, this worker, not, not only was she not paid, the employer took $10,000 from this worker saying that, loan me the money, I will stock ugh. up the shop, and then I will return your money within days. Right. And... Two, almost three years on, we, we do not have a single cent returned to our worker. I didn't know about this. This is despite the fact that uh, an informal mediation was held. Uh, Migrant Workers Association supported the worker and the employer um, signed on a piece of paper. So this is not sort of employer, that she's an exploiter, right? Exploiter, the exploiter. Yes. <laughs> yeah, let's call her what she is, right? Yeah, so right. she's a scam artist. She's a con artist. So I'm running out of names. I call her. I call a lot of things. All right. So she got a worker. I didn't know this. So this is all news to me as, as to the listeners here. So she, this is the first case you had with her. The worker's desperate. Then she's compromised them by getting them to work, isn't she? Like she's saying to them, look, I've got a business. And she didn't have a business. She, she just made it up. Mm-hmm. And she goes, work for me and I will get the visa. So the work mm-hmm. goes, oh, great, fantastic. Mm-hmm. So then she goes, oh, you, um, it's in the process of getting it approved. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, start working. But look, um, just to get things going, you start giving me some money. That's right. So once she starts, it's like any con artist, once you start paying $200, $300, Mm -hmm. then it starts going up, 
right? And you've kind of you you it's good money after mm. bad, right? That's how con artists work, right? Absolutely. Our worker was wise enough that she never actually um, gave her the two, three, five hundred dollars, but. She unfortunately did give her a lump sum of ten thousand oh, okay. right. so, so dollars. Okay. So she gave her ten thousand yeah. bucks because that was to stock the shelves up to make sure she had a job and it was all going to yes. be great. And she go. So she made a loan of ten thousand. That's right. When she after six and eight weeks of this, did did she get a visa in the end? She did not because there were all these questions raised by Immigration New Zealand. I'm glad Immigration New Zealand is doing part of their job. Yeah, they're doing great. something right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was such yeah. an obvious scam, right? They would yeah. look at it and think it's a startup company it doesn't seem to have any assets this seems like a scam so our worker then withdrew her work visa application because it was obvious it wasn't going to go anywhere and then she was left with nothing ten thousand dollars so she came to you the worker that's right right. and then what did you guys do so we um, were finally able to engage this exploiter and um, have uh, an in-person informal mediation whereby uh, the exploiter agreed to pay back so they admitted they took the $10,000 and they would pay yes. it back. Was there anything sort of written up about that? Yes, we, we had a written, up, oh, good. A written okay. agreement with, with the time frame by which they were going oh. to pay back. And? No delivery, of course. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing. And, and then, so she paid nothing back. No. Oh, all right. okay. and, and then subsequently, Give me a the, uh, the exploiting employer took the help of one lawyer and then another lawyer. Um, so we, we were a little bit hopeful that you know these lawyers, obviously they're professional, they will get the job done. And then they kind of abandoned her too. So I'm presuming... Well, because she didn't pay them. Yes. Yeah, she yeah. lies to them. That's yes. why. I mean, you know, she... Okay. Yeah. So that's the first one. That's the first one. All right. What's uh, the second one? So the second one is a beautician who worked for about a year, just over a year, at uh, one of her salons. So same employer. Right. Um, so this time the, the, there were no visa issues. Our worker got her visas, no problems. Okay. Uh, but she was made to work extra hours. Right. And, and not paid for those hours. Okay. Uh, and then, again, the, the same standard loan of $10,000 right. was taken from this worker as well because um, I, I need help with... I, I don't know what the excuse was this time. I don't think it was stocking up a shop. It was something else. Something else. I mean, something she, she, else. she, she yeah. Makes, yeah. Sort, of, sort of makes it up. Yeah, uh, and again, I'll, I'll give it back to you in two weeks' and time. And so and did she give her the 10000 No. No, in fact, um, so by the end of the year... Our worker had had enough because throughout the year she, she just suffered continuously. And about four months into this job, she, uh, our worker discovered that she was pregnant. So obviously she sure. had to inform her boss. And when she did that, the response from this boss was, you terminate your pregnancy or else I terminate your job. So this is worse than exploiting a scam artist. This is just an evil, evil person. And and sadly, sadly, our worker went and terminated oh, her baby, oh which really always... Makes me feel really horrible. It's a sickening. I, I sickening. Yeah, I don't have words strong enough. Okay, I just take a breath. Okay. So, right. and then, yeah, after about a year, a worker was like, you know, I have been through hell and back, so I'm yeah. not going to put up with this anymore. So, uh, I, I, and she was told by this exploiter that I am not responsible for you anymore because I have sold the business to somebody. So our worker was like, okay, who is this somebody else? What do I do? She was just like left. Stranded. Yeah, strand, yeah stranded. Okay. $10,000 $10, yeah. short, been through a trauma mm. around the abortion mm-hmm. and working all these hours for nothing. Yeah. And so this exploiter builds up a business and sell, sells it or just runs away from it 
Because she's probably run up all these debts on the business and yeah. can't pay its yeah. bills. The, the latter, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, okay. the latter. Well, I didn't know that. Um, so our worker then informed the employer and left. And then um, soon after, our worker gets an email saying that you haven't worked your notice period. And, and she's like, who was I supposed to give the notice to? You told me you sold your business. And then, and, and finally, the, the boss admits that, yes, I have taken that loan from you, and thank you very much. You helped me in my time of need. But because you have left without working your notice period, so I'm going to deduct... Da, 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 da. So oh like she, she's God. like, you owe me $8,000, so I only have to return you $2,000 or something oh like that. Oh, my. Okay. All right. Now tell me the third one. So the third worker, um, again, um, he was working in one of the the dairy shops here in Auckland, which this exploiting boss bought. So the worker was already working there. So he came with the the purchase of the shop. And his experience was quite short-lived compared to the others. Again, um, he had loaned her about $6,000 to stock the dairy. Oh, this is in Avondale. That's the one That's I right. was involved in. That's oh, right. That's the first one. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, so that, again, the, the worker had been working there for a while and had no problems with his previous employers. And obviously he was, you know, quite... Um, active and interested in the business, and would make sure everything was proper. Yeah, I, I remember he 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 was a little, he was very sharp. He, yeah, he yeah. Was, he and, and and when this new exploiting boss took over, and and one incident I recall soon after this boss took over the business, the worker is phoning her, saying that we've got regular customers turning up, and we don't have the cigarettes that they normally buy. Can, can you help me here? And he's basically told run across the road, go to the gas station, buy the cigarettes and put them on the shelf, buy them with your own money. and, and, and that's, Of course. That's, that's, that's <laughs> what he did. And then soon after that, you know, he, he's asked that, can you loan me some money so that I can put stock on the shelves? And this then, woman needs to be in jail. That's what she needs to be. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, that was a case I knew a bit about. So I remember we settled that one. That's right. Through the lawyers, and it was a settlement, which was a confidential, so I can't say as what it is, but we were happy to have it resolved, and the worker got their money. That's the only one we've settled. Right. (laughs) So, okay. So what's happened since? So since authorities, I think, are active for a change and, and trying to put this right, and, and before I talk about that, we have gone to a mediation for one of our workers, only to be told by this employer who, who turns up on their own, no, no support person, no legal representative, that they turn up just to tell us that they, they've been insolvent for the past year or so. so yeah, she's trying to wind up companies. She's, look, what, what we're doing is we're not dealing with an employer, we're dealing with a scam artist, yeah. right? I have no doubt. Mm-hmm. And she just cons people. That's what she does, right? Mm-hmm. So so in that sort of case, right, we just have to get the state agencies involved, don't, yeah. don't we? Because yeah. so just she's if she can't be allowed to continue. Mm-hmm. She preys on the vulnerable, gets them to borrow money and give, and give to her, and then she just scams them and moves on to the next one, buys all these businesses, probably what doesn't pay pay, pay for them, they all seem to go bust whenever she's around because you must just clean it out. So she's just a predator. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, with with our workers, when we were looking at all the accounts and the paperwork, there there were discrepancies in the uh, the PAY payments, so I'm I'm sure the IRD are onto it, and Immigration New Zealand are definitely onto it. MB, look, you know, you can tell she's lying is when her Mm -hmm. lips are moving, right? She's one of those types, you know. All right, so 
Thank you for that, Anu. I feel very depressed now. But I think what the important thing is we don't let things go. Mm-hmm. We will just keep going. See, everyone else just gives up and let her continue. We are for justice, you know, mm-hmm. and we will pursue exploit orders to the ends of the earth. And we're not going to let this woman continue to go and exploit sort of other people. So I know that you're engaged with different ways of how we're going to hold her to account. I have no doubt that she will land up where she has to be and she will never be able to employ or run a business again. That's right, yeah. So we are working with the authorities, supporting our workers who've been grossly exploited. So we're doing the the right thing, I feel. Yeah, of course you are and you always do. But let me just, for the listeners' point of view, what these con people do, they get the workers enrolled and get them to kind of break their visa rules, mm-hmm. right? And then they say, oh, well, you are now complicit. Mm-hmm. So you have broken the rules. If you cause me any trouble, I will report you. So what I just want to ensure listeners, we have a very now, you know, distant but professional relationship with these agencies. They, we get them to get involved on the condition that the workers, even if they breach rules, are not punished. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's, that's the only way we're going to stop this. Yep. And so they now are very supportive of that. Mm-hmm. And the commitments they give us is they will not pursue actions against the workers, even if they have breached their visas or yep. whatever. So I just want to give people encouragement because what exploiters have been doing for years is they then go and pop the work or take their visa off them and have them deported. Now, things have changed, and I just want people to know that we've been, and under you are an immigration uh, advisor officially, and so you work within those rules. We're a trade union, so we have a good relationship with all these departments. So our thing is anonymous for the workers. Mm-hmm. You know, we want them protected, and we have that agreement, and we're going after the exploiters. So I encourage people when they are listening to this and they do feel desperate. They can give us a call on 0800-368-000 or go to our website, utu.org.nz, utu.org.nz. And look, we will help you, right? We will help you. And with Anu and, and, and our team team here, we are very proud of the work that we do. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for that, Anu and Matt. It's uh, difficult to listen to a lot of those abhorrent case facts. Uh, there's actually even more to the stories from this particular exploiter, and listeners can go to our website, utu.org.nz, utu.org.nz, if they want to learn more about it. So to break up the heaviness of the show a little, our next segment involves myself asking minimum employment questions very quickly of one of our employment advocates. And we'll be following it up with a final interview with our Head of Advocacy Services, Bryce Hamilton. But for now, let's get started. Kia ora, Armin. Uh, thanks for coming back on. I mean, you were on earlier with an interview with Matt. Great interview, by the way. Really enjoyed Appreciate it. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for having me a right. second time, Izzy. Yeah, of course. So really excited. We're starting this week a new segment called All Ask right. Arman, where we have some quick-fire questions about <laughs> basic employment rights. So Arman is an enrolled barrister and, and solicitor. solicitor of the High Court, High Court of New yes, Zealand. High Court of New Zealand. So he's uh, he's got authority to speak on this stuff. He, he studied it. He knows it. <laughs> so we'll just get started then. All right, Aman, what is the minimum wage? So the minimum wage has recently gone up to twenty dollars an hour. What are the breaks all workers are legally entitled to? Now the breaks you're entitled to will depend on how long you're working for. Right. 
So if you're doing, say, two to four hours, you're entitled to a 10-minute paid rest break. Mm -hmm. If you're doing four to six hours, you're entitled to a 10-minute paid rest break and a 30-minute unpaid meal break. If you were to do six to 10 hours, you'd be entitled to two 10-minute paid breaks, so 20 minutes if you'd like to take Mm -hmm. it together, and you're... Uh, and one 30-minute unpaid meal break. And if you're doing 10 to 12 hours, you're entitled to 30 minutes of paid break, um, which you can choose to take in three 10 minutes or all together, and a 30-minute unpaid meal break. Still doesn't seem like enough. It doesn't. Really? It's surprising when I first found that out too. Mm. Okay, right. Uh, Sick leave. How many days do you get? So sick leave, there's been a bit of legislation about that recently, but currently uh, workers are entitled to five days of sick leave, Mm -hmm. but you need to have worked for six months before you can access those five days. But from the 24th of July, so not too long from now, that number is going to double to 10 days of sick leave. Excellent. That's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 10 days after working six months essentially. Okay, so those are some quick questions I wanted Mm. to ask because these are common breaches we come across. So we're going to get a bit more in depth with these next questions, a spotlight as it were today, on how holidays work for employees. So we'll start out with some more questions. How many public holidays are in a year? There are 11 public holidays in a calendar year. Nice. Um, Do you get paid for these days? So that depends on if it falls on a normal work day for you. If it does fall on a normal workday for you, yes, you do get paid. Okay, and what do you get paid if you actually work on these days? If you work on these days, you're entitled to time and a half, so 1.5 times what you'd normally get, Okay. and a day in lieu. Right, and for our listeners, what's a day in lieu? A day in lieu is essentially a day off that you can take later, so a day's paid leave. Annual holidays. Now, I get confused about this. Uh, public holidays, holidays, annual leave, holidays. It's all a bit confusing It to is me. a bit of a word so, jumble. Right. So, annual. I said annual holidays, but it's more annual leave, isn't it? That's right. Right. So, how do they work? So, annual leave, just like with sick leave, how you need to have worked for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. before you can access it, annual leave is the same. With annual leave, you need to have worked for 12 months before you're entitled to use any of it. And once you've worked for 12 months, you get four weeks of annual leave. So that's 20 days. Right. Okay. So Monday to Friday type. Yeah. Okay. So how does holiday pay work, generally speaking, then? So holiday pay is different from annual leave and public holidays, which is a common misconception. So I'll try I'll do my best to explain that. So holiday pay is when you're not working full-time, say you're working irregular hours Mm -hmm. or you have a fixed-term contract for less than 12 months. So instead of accumulating annual leave, you get 8% extra holiday pay in addition to what your salary normally will be. And normally there'll be a choice or, you know, you can negotiate this with the with your employer, whatever so works better. it has better. to be agreed upon. Yeah, so the choice is whether you want that 8% extra to be paid out to you each week or if you'd prefer that to be a lump sum payment at the right. end of your employment. I understand that it's easier for employers just to pay that 8% each week, mm. 
but yeah, that's something that can come down to personal preference. Okay, that's well, that's more clearer for me now, and hopefully for some listeners too, because I do tend to get confused about that one. I'm glad. Okay, well, thank you, Arman. We'll be back with more Ask Arman next week. So thank you for coming on, Arman. And um, to our listeners, you're welcome to send through any questions you might have, and we will include them in this segment. So you can just send those to us through our website, utu.org.nz, where there's an easy submission form. So uh, thank you, Arman. Thanks very much, Izzy. Appreciate it. All right, so a rapid-fire show today, and now it's on to our final interview with Matt and Bryce Hamilton. So take it away, Matt. Oh, Bryce, thanks uh, for coming in. For those who are new to the show, Bryce is the head of our advocacy team and he is going to talk to us about one of the cases that he's working on. We normally do a lot of our work is around really strong exploitation cases where it deals with a lot of money and a lot of deliberate crimes, really. This one, I think, would be useful to have Bryce and I to chat it through because it's a little small business. It wasn't ill-intent, but there have been breaches where the worker has been disadvantaged and lost income. And this will happen to a lot of people in the workforce, mm-hmm. and they don't know their rights. And so I thought this would be quite instructive to all of us, uh, Bryce, to have you come in to us and have a, a chat about it. So this is a cafe in Auckland, you know, a husband and wife team, is it? Yeah. And a few staff. And this is about a chef. That's right. And this was happened before COVID, so there's some issues around that. And then, so take us, and, and then from out of that, this is about a worker who then had his hours reduced and eventually was let go. Yes. And there's process around, around that and his compensation and the way he was treated. So look, let, let's, let's just take it from the top. So this work has been with this company for how long? Uh, 12, 12 months plus. 12 months plus. And they are a chef. Yes. Yes. And a lot of the cases we do, we're dealing with people on temporary visas, but this is someone who's mm. who's not a migrant worker and not someone who relied on that. Yes. So this is just, you know, someone who's working in a cafe as a chef. Yeah. So he worked there, and how many hours was he on for that? 40 hours. 40 hours. So full, full-time work. Full-time work, right? Yeah. So and what was his pay rate? So his pay rate starting off was 24 or 40. This was all before COVID, right? Yeah. So COVID hit and what happened there? So COVID hit and obviously the business wrapped up uh, in terms of what it was normally doing. Yep. Lockdown. Ah, because of lockdown. Mm-hmm. And we all went through lockdown and they came out of lockdown and there wasn't as many hours. Right. And that would make sense, right? Is that ours, this is a cafe, this is not new, right? Mm. So they reduced the hours yeah. and there was a... Just take our viewers through what an employer should do if you're going to have your hours reduced. So if you're an employer, what you have to do is you have to get your employee in, sit them down, explain to them what's going on and explain the reasons for the for the restructure or the redundancy. You then need to um, provide them with the information that you're using to make those decisions and give them a letter with that information in and in and then give them an opportunity to go and get some representation and then invite them back to sit down with them and their representative and give them an opportunity to provide reasonable feedback and then have some time to give it genuine consideration. Right. So just about good faith, isn't it? You know, and I always have that whole thing, you know, when you see it, you know, when you don't. Yeah. So that seems a reasonable thing. Like, yeah, business is always going to get, you know, some are going to get in trouble. And COVID is over right? So I think that very reasonable. Talk to the workers. Say, look, 
I'm knocking the customers, it's going to affect the amount of hours I can pay, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the reasons why, you know, traders drop by 50% or whatever it is. Here's the kind of thing. When I go away and think about it, come back and you offer, and they might say, look, I'd be prepared to go and reduce my, my hours. Yeah, you know, that happens quite I want to help, I want to be um, supportive, you know, yeah. or I can take some leave or I can take my holidays, I can take some unpaid leave for a few while, for six months or a few months or whatever, right? Yeah. So that allows we, 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 we work to engage in that and that you want it pretty prompt promptly when you say to go and get re- representation it's not necessary for a worker to go and get a lawyer or something because they just go and speak to friends or you know can, uh, speak to someone independent just to test their ideas out mm. so they come back and they would engage in that now that didn't really happen did it no and that's the problem no right? so it's a it's it's not so much as a bad faith it's not carrying out the process of fairness so he had his hours reduced from four forty hours to 10, 25 hours, depending, right, for yeah. a few months. And, of course, a worker doesn't know, so they just accept it, right? They get told that's the way it is, right? Yeah. So that's the first breach. The second one is that when, uh, then after a few months, business picked up again and got put back to 40 hours a week. So that's the hours were being reduced yeah. and then put back up to full 40 hours. Yeah. But the second factor was they actually reduced the hourly rate as yes. well. Yeah. So take us through that. So uh, they come out of COVID and they, the, the employer reduced the rate to the minimum wage, only it was the wrong minimum wage. From the year before. It was from the so year before. It was two problems, wasn't it? They reduced the salaries, one thing, the yeah. wages, and then they paid under the minimum <laughs> wage. <laughs> so <laughs> a double whack. A double whack, All yeah. right. And that has, that's part of the claim that right. the employees right. looking to sort Right, so it's really a claim and two claims, isn't it? It's one about the reduction of hours without a proper consultation and and their wage rates. And the second one was a breach of the law, which is really below the minimum wage. Yeah. So that's just the straight... That's that's an easy claim. Yeah. No, the law is the law. Okay, so it seems to me that the employer, and this happens all the time, that's why I think it's important to have this discussion, right, is the process of discussing with the work of what's going to have happen and they get involved in it, good faith discussions yeah. and of course we pay the hourly rate but then they were working there 40 hours a week yeah. back to normal, yeah. you know, moving on and then they had another meeting and that meeting didn't go well uh, so the, yeah so they, the, there was a second period of COVID and after that second period of COVID you might remember the one that's the so that was a little couple, it was just a couple, couple of weeks right yeah it, it was within a couple of weeks where uh, essentially the employer walked into the into the kitchen and explained that the, 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 the employee's job was over right so there was not reducing the hours or your wages this is now you've got no job that's bye bye and you talked before there was no process, no discussion, no thing. Yeah. So, so there's been so it all seems pretty open and shut. You know, I'm not yeah. even saying it's bad faith on the employer, right? They just there's just an experience, right? Just an experience. But now they've dug themselves into a hole and they find themselves sort of difficult to get out of now, right? And that's where you yeah. come in. Yeah, no, we're not unreasonable people when it comes to to, to having a discussion. Not, in fact, not we're with people not like this, right? Because small businesses, they really struggles away, and we want to kind of always we want to do is what is the right thing? To yeah, do? what is the right thing? To you do? know, and okay, so this worker accepted it at the time because they didn't know any better, right? They upset, yeah. went away, yeah. talked to friends. 
Yeah, they did. They talked to friends and they looked it, looked it up on the internet. And as you do. As you do. And so he went and got some advice from the MB? Yeah, yeah. Called the, called the MIMBI 0800 number, yeah. Yeah, the 0800 number. And what did they say? Uh, they basically told him that he needed to raise it with them and... With the employer. Uh, with the employer. That he right. needed to do that, yeah. Oh, he had to do it. Yeah. And how and how does that happen? I'm just doing it for our, our listeners so they kind of know how this is supposed to work. Well, how this is supposed to work is that you write to the employer, you outline what the problem is, and okay. then you have to get them to respond. Did he manage to write to his employer? Uh, he sent them an email, yes. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And that didn't seem to resolve the issue, so he didn't hear back from MB and he got hold of us. So you've had a talk with the employer and just say, it's all pretty clear to me, isn't it? Mm. Uh, So you say there's about $2,500 which is owed from the minimum wage reduction, so that's pretty open and shut, right? Then the way that he was his employment was terminated is really a dismissal, right? Because it didn't he didn't, they didn't follow the process. No. All up, what do you think he'd be entitled to, at least as what would you seek yeah, in this, for the worker? In this particular case, it would be close to $10,000. Okay. So it's a, it's, it's a stretch for a small business, but it's not in the sort of numbers that we normally deal with. No. Right? You no. Know, of, of tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Mm. So it seemed pretty up, open and shut. You know, like, yeah, business is struggling, they kind of they made a few bridges, but this... What I always say with small employers, that's, I, I understand it's a struggle, but, you know, the worker doesn't have a job. That's right. You know, and these are decisions that you make, mm. not the worker. Mm. I'm a bit concerned as they put him under the minimum wage and then just don't acknowledge, acknowledge it. At that time, when he approached them, it's just say, oh, my God, we didn't realise that. Quite right. Here, here's your two and a half grand, yeah. right? If they'd done that, he might have felt a bit more good goodwill towards them, right? Yeah. But they didn't. Yeah. So you've written to them. So what's been happening since? So uh, since that time, we've also tried to reach out and have a phone call. There hasn't been anything other than on the end of the phone saying that, oh, you'll hear from our lawyer. Oh, okay. Well, this would be my very strong advice to any employers who are listening to this. Don't get a lawyer if it's pretty open and shut and it's probably less worth it's less than 10 grand. And I'll tell you why. Because you'll pay that in legal fees and that lawyer will tell will tell you to fight and fight and fight and fight. You'll be paying them 300 bucks an hour and you won't get any change from 10 grand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you'll lose as well. Hopefully they'll get some common sense in it, Bryce, is that they should just fix it up and move on. Well, keep in touch. I'm interested in this case because I think in some sense most New Zealanders would understand these sorts of cases, right? You know, they're in a job and they don't have a job and no one is be malicious about it, it's just mm. incompetence really, and, and the worker gets to suffer. Yeah. It needs yeah. to be put right. And it does need to be put right. Well, thank you for coming in and really appreciate it, distilling it down to, you know, in a way that even fools like, like me can understand it, so thank you guys for coming in. No worries, thank you mate. Well that's it for our interviews today. Uh, time for me to round off the show with a song. Just a reminder, our listeners can get in touch either through our website utu.org.nz or phone us on 0800-368-000. So today's song is actually a request from a listener, so shout out to Justin Peters who asked, Izzy, why have you not played What's Going On by Marvin Gaye yet? 
and he makes a very good point. Um, inspired by a member of the Four Tops witnessing police brutality and violence against um, anti-Vietnam War protesters and adapted by Marvin Gaye into a protest song that also draws inspiration from the civil rights movement. Uh, this is a seminal protest song heard still around the world today. And the lyrics ring true to many of us who, when we see social injustice or violence, ask ourselves each other the question, what's going on? So until next week, here it is, Marvin Gaye's iconic 1970 record. There's far too many of you dying You know we've got to find a way To bring some loving here today Father, Father We don't need to escalate